Welcome to the Gaggle Podcast, where we bring you inside the newsroom to talk Arizona politics beyond what's in print. I'm Michael Squires, the politics editor at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Joining me at our Arizona Capitol Bureau this week are... Dan Nowicki, national political reporter. Ron Hansen, I cover the congressional delegation. Yvonne Winget Sanchez, I cover gov- the governor's office and state politics. This week on The Gaggle, where the effort to repeal school vouchers stands. But first, the debate that's consumed Congress for months, the repeal of the Affordable Care Act, and how Arizona members of Congress have influenced that debate. Dan Wiki, let's start with you. Senator Jeff Flake just announced on Monday his, his support for Senator Ted Cruz's bill. How significant is that? Well, it's pretty significant. Uh, Senator Flake obviously has been closely watched. He's up for re-election. He's been under a lot of pressure from constituents in Arizona to oppose the Senate health care bill. He came out uh, almost as an uh, offhand remark to some Capitol Hill reporters in the hallways that uh, you know he's now supporting Senator Ted Cruz's consumer freedom option, which is an amendment uh, to the draft of the Senate bill. It's a more conservative amendment that has a... Um, uh, that has Cruz trying to kind of bring the, the, the Republican conference together a little bit. He, he kind of views it as a compromise. It does allow insurance companies to offer some less expensive insurance policies to people, so long as in, in a particular state they also, uh, you know, offer policies that, com- at least one policy that's compliant with the Affordable Care Act's uh, regulations and uh, requirements. So until now, we didn't know where he stood. He was really kind of just saying, I'm I, I'm looking at the bill. Right. He was not involved in the drafting of the legislation, which was done behind closed doors. Neither him nor, uh, neither Jeff Flake nor John McCain were involved with it. So he, he took the bill, he was studying it, and he returned to Washington this week and said that he was with Ted Cruz. So on Monday, Senator Jeff Flake announced he's supporting Ted Cruz's option on health care. What does that do? Well, it's a more conservative alternative to the original uh, Senate health care bill. It allows insurance companies to offer some less expensive policies in a state so long as the company also offers policies that are compliant with the Affordable Care Act and all of its restrictions and requirements and regulations. Uh, Jeff Flake seemed to have surprised a few people by his vote. When you take a step back and remember that, you know, Flake used to be the director of the Goldwater Institute, it's maybe not that surprising that he would gravitate to an uh, alternative that, uh, you know, purports to to add free market options. So let's take a step back. Ron Hanson, I'm going to put you on the spot. How do we get here? where we are. The Senate, like we say, the Senate is deliberating on it on a bill. The House has already passed one. But what are the sticking points? Why, why have we not seen with the pres- a Republican in the White House and Republican majorities in both houses of Congress something get passed and signed? There's really this tug of war that seems to be playing out among Republicans um, where the more conservative in the party want to see something that is more tied to free market principles, that does specifically accomplish things like reducing premium costs for the many. What it, the other faction in the Republican Party wants is to see something that is less damaging on the Medicaid front. It covers more people 
or at least reduces the loss of coverage in the aggregate. And there's a great tension. Part of it has to do with the political exposure that some of these folks face, uh, the election timetable in some cases uh, for those in the Senate. Um, there's great angst as to what it is that they're trying to accomplish generally. They're, they've had difficulty articulating what the goal of this whole exercise has been. Um, and complicating that even further is the fact that there's been unified Democratic opposition. So you're not getting any help in the House or in the Senate from Democrats, and it leaves you with very thin margins within the GOP base to try and come up with a majority. And that's right. And there's just kind of a, a you know, fundamental reality of politics that the Republicans have learned, even though they've campaigned for years on repealing o Obamacare. When you actually try to do that in real life, you find that there's a, a pretty fierce reaction from people who, who are afraid that they're going to lose coverage. So basically, the Affordable Care Act extended coverage to a lot of people, and the Republicans are finding it's not so easy to take that away. So, Ron, what would the exact impact be in Arizona? Can we put a number to it? How many people would uh, lose insurance under some of these proposals that are being debated? So there are several groups that have tried to rough out what these bills in the House and the Senate would accomplish. And um, the unrebutted estimates that they've put out, uh, this is from organizations like the Center for American Progress, a democratically aligned liberal organization, or the Kaiser Family Foundation or the Urban Institute, which are more uh, left-leaning or centrist uh, organizations that are interested in public policy. Their estimates are on the order of 400 to 460,000 or so people losing coverage under either the House or the Senate uh, bills. Uh, these bills have been changed somewhat by amendments, so exact numbers are pretty rough, and it's ultimately it's a best guess. But we're talking on the order of 400 to 500,000 people. That would be roughly divided between people losing eligibility under Medicaid and those who are losing coverage under uh, the individual marketplace. So let's do a, a quick roll call. We, we mentioned at the top that Jeff Flake is supporting Ted Cruz's option. Where is Senator John McCain? Well, uh, Senator McCain hasn't really said specifically uh, whether he would vote for or against the bill. He said that he has had concerns. He's been talking to uh, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey about concerns that the governor's office has with the legislation. And he's gonna, he said he wanted to talk to um, stakeholders and constituents. And but, uh, you know, McCain does have a pretty good feel uh, for the politics of the situation. And on, on a recent appearance on Face the Nation, he kind of predicted that the bill as originally uh, envisioned is dead. So, Ron, let's go to you. So looking at the House delegation, the Democrats, Raul Grijalva, Ruben Gallego, Kirsten Sinema, Tom, Tom O'Halloran, where, where do they do they all come down against every one of the proposals? The proposals? Yeah, the Democrats were united in opposition to the House plan. I've seen nothing that indicates that they are favorably inclined toward the Senate side. Uh, on the Republican side, we've got Trent Franks uh, sending out uh, notice in recent days that he does not want to see anything that strips out um, some of the uh, protections as he sees it for um, uh, defunding Planned Parenthood. He wants to make sure that that remains in the bill. 
Um, and we've had people like Andy Biggs who voted against it in the House sort of uh, continuing to articulate his complaints that the bills don't go far enough. So uh, four, four no votes uh, in among the Democrats, one no vote uh, on conservative grounds among the Republicans, and four yeses with some possible asterisks. So uh, Mitch McConnell announces that the, the Senate's going to stick around for its belo beloved vacation, its August recess. At least a couple weeks. Yes. My speculation is that they would rather be in Washington than being screamed at at a town hall in their district. But w do, does, that, does that increase the likelihood that this passes or not? Well, I think they were aim they're still aiming for a vote on the whatever the new version of the Senate bill at the end of next week. So that would still put them in a uh, you know, pretty good position. But they, I, I think they have a lot of other things to do as well. It's not just health care. They've got some other big issues on the plate, too. A group called Save Our Schools is gathering signatures in an effort to repeal the school voucher law that passed during the legislative session. Yvonne, uh, what are we hearing on that effort? How is it going? Organizers say they are on track to collect the 75,000 signatures that they need to uh, try to put this thing on the November 2018 ballot and essentially undo Senate Bill 1431, which uh, massively expanded the state's um, school voucher law. They need 75,000 signatures. Republican operatives have told this group, look, you probably need more like 120,000 or so. Uh, the group has refused. At why why do they need more? What, what's the you always there? get signatures from people who, you know, might be felons or might not be able to, might not live in Arizona, might not be registered voters. So they need to uh, really have a cushion in there for some of these signatures that aren't really going to make it. Um, organizers have declined to provide an exact number, uh, which probably tells tells you something, right? I mean, if, if they were very confident, I think they would be providing numbers. I think with the summer doldrums, people coming back from vacation, I think they too are waiting to see if, if they're going to make it. They are putting, uh, striking an optimistic tone. And there has been some speculation that um, they might, if needed, uh, hire a private petition firm to gather uh, signatures to put them over the edge if it looks like they can't do it themselves. So if they get the signatures, what then happens? Uh, the Secretary of State's office is going to have to comb through them, make sure they have enough, and it will uh, appear on the ballot and voters will get to decide once and for all if they want uh, this legislation. Will the law take effect, though, as scheduled if they get the signatures? No, the law will not take effect. As of right now, it is scheduled to take effect, I believe, in August, and the Department of Education is pre is preparing for it. They're writing, rewriting handbooks. They're setting up, uh, you know, all the, the structure um, to ensure that uh, that this thing is ready to be implemented. Uh, groups are out there trying to teach parents and um, other uh, guardians how to fill out paperwork and how to qualify for the program. So uh, one way or another, there's going to be news next month uh, on the school voucher front. And finally, let's look at uh, a case from back in 2014. Attorney General Tom Horn 
ran over with a cloud of controversy over him, allegations about his 2010 campaign, some illegal uh, cooperation between his campaign and an outside group. But there was a legal decision just recently that uh, threw that out, right? Yeah, the Supreme Court decided in May that the structure kind of that's set up for um, the state to handle uh, allegations of illegal coordination is just not fair. It didn't. It didn't give him um, the proper due process that uh, that it should have. So the Supreme Court did not decide on the merits of his case, but said, we're going to send it down to the Attorney General's office. In turn, the Attorney General's office kicked it over to Cochise County uh, because Brnovich made several unflattering comments about Tom Horn during the campaign. Uh, and the, the Cochise County attorney decided that there was not a preponderance of evidence to show that there was actual um, coordination. And, you know, Prosecutors, Sheila Polk, investigators have long said, you know, that, that this case was based on circumstantial evidence, that you that by the timing of emails and phone calls, it would be clear to a reasonable person that Tom Horn uh, helped write attack ads against his Democratic opponent in 2010. Horn and uh, Kathleen Wynne, who is a political ally and um, helped with those ads, have long maintained that they did nothing wrong. Uh, so he, there's no fines that have to be paid back. I, I think I heard last week that uh, shortly after the, deci the decision came down, he called the Secretary of State's office, shut down that campaign committee. Uh, he, he's trying to put this thing behind him. Uh, as we all know, there is another investigation that hangs over the guy. Uh, Sarah Beatty, a former staffer, um, alleged that he used his campaign, or excuse me, he used his um, attorney general office as a quasi reelection campaign or reelection um, office back in 2014. Ultimately, uh, he did not win. So we're waiting to see the status of that investigation, and we've been unable to get a clear answer on where that thing stands. Before we go, Dan, what are you watching for this week? Well, we're keeping tabs on the on on the unrolling uh, developments regarding Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting uh, with the Russian attorney. Uh, we're going to be uh, polling the Arizona congressional delegation to see what they think about these uh, the latest news. Ron, but we also have to keep an eye on what's happening with health care. It's uh, we've heard mixed signals from the Senate, and the the House is starting to weigh in as well as far as what they're willing to accept. Yvonne. I want to see if we can find out any more information uh, related to Michelle Reagan's decision not to hand over voter information to Trump. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Gaggle Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at MG Squires. I'm Dan Nowicki, the National Political Reporter. I'm at Dan Nowicki. Ron Hansen, Congressional Reporter. I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. -E I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, State Political Reporter, and I'm at... Yvonne Winget. Thanks to the politics team and also our producers, Kayla White, Hannah Gaber, and Manny Lozano. Please subscribe to the show and review it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. See you next week.